Good morning, everyone. And this is Andy Caruso with Nacho Nacho, the best place to buy SaaS. And today we have a collection of uh, influencer marketing specialists. Um, Mark himself uh, runs Partnernomics, and he's an expert in uh, partner marketing and also a B2B influencer. Uh, Brenna, uh, she works with uh, Affable, another great influencer marketing platform. And Katina is the CEO of Tree3. Um, so without further ado, I'd love if you guys could introduce your guys' products, starting with Mark, since he's to my right, and we'll kind of go clockwise <laughs> from there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks, Andy. Um, yeah, my name is Mark Brigman, uh, founder of a company called Partnernomics. Uh, we're essentially a, a, a partnership methodology, right? So we've all heard about uh, sales methodologies and project management methodologies, uh, software development methodologies. Well, Partnernomics is a partnership methodology. So at our core, we're a, a training and a coaching company and also have a software solution that uh, underpins our methodology. Excellent. Brenna? I'm Brenna. I am the community manager at Affable AI, and we are an end-to-end -end influencer marketing platform that utilizes AI to help brands search for, manage, and measure their influencer marketing campaigns. Good to meet you both. I am Katina Kenyon. I am the CEO of Tree3. Um, we are an e-commerce platform that uses AI um, to offer a universal cart checkout um, for affiliates. So happy to be here. It's great to hear. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I know a lot of influencers, you guys have an embeddable store. Is that correct? We do. Yeah. We have a customizable storefront for, um, for content creators. Nice. Yeah. They always uh, need ways to make money, not just, just outside of just creating content. They need a place for people to buy, you know, some of the great products that they can recommend. Um, so Mark, I guess influencer marketing has been traditionally B2C. And um, I know a lot, a lot more recently, affiliate marketing, especially in some B2B influencer marketing is really uh, taken taken effect, but uh, where do you see it going from here? I guess in the evolution of uh, uh, influencer marketing, especially when it pertains to B two B. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. I think like this transformation, you know, that that we're seeing. Number one, just this massive proliferation of new technologies, new software solutions, new solutions in general. Yeah. Um, even if it's services uh, to come in and work with companies. So, you know, I think um, historically on the on the consumer side of having individuals go out, do their research, figure out what they're interested in, and oftentimes doing a lot of the research themselves. We see that happening the same way on the B2B side. Now we have B2B marketplaces and we have professionals, uh, say CMOs, for example, they go out, they look at the tech stack that they want. They know it better than the IT department. So where are they going to look? They're doing their own research and, you know, statistics show that, 75% of, you know, buying decisions are, are made without even talking to salespeople, right? So the whole model's kind of been flipped on its head. Um, you know, so, you know, the, the Jay McBain's of the world talk about these 28 moments uh, of, of the buyer journey. Well, with the proliferation of, of web-based technology, other influencers, um, socials that are out there of, of being able to look and leverage the work and the outcomes, the recommendations of others, um, the the individual buyers, whether it's consumer or business, they're able to go a lot further down that buyer's journey on their own than what they historically could say five or 10 years ago. Yeah, and that's a good point too. A lot of, especially in my realm, a lot of software is discovered through word of mouth, right? So I look to see what a lot of other entrepreneurs or business leaders are using. And that's where I find out a lot of the 
about a lot of the greatest new tools. And, you know, honestly, I've been recommending a couple of your guys' uh, platforms because now I have, you know, you guys in my tool belt, if you will, my virtual tool belt uh, as great influencer marketing platforms or partner products for in your case uh, that I can recommend to people that have those problems when they come up. They say, hey, I, you know, I need a, you know, I'm an influencer. I need a store to be able to monetize from. Well, hey, I got a product for that. It's Tree3. Um, and, you know, in that case, act as an influencer, not that I'm cool enough to be an influencer, but, you know, in my own little microcosm of the world, um, you know, I'm out there recommending products to people. And there's, you know, many professionals out there on LinkedIn and other places that are uh, doing the same thing, driving uh, driving awareness for products and influencing people in one way or the other. Um, and so and what, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I, I'm going to piggyback on what Mark said. I mean, I think what we find as consumers have already gone significantly down the buyer journey or the consideration journey, um, ratings and reviews, which were things that many of us depended on um, outside of, of the sales, traditional sales rep mm -hmm. and engagement, um, have been replaced by creators and content creators who become what we believe, it, truly believe are the authentic rating and review system. Um, and it's somebody that we already trust, right? We've already been following them. We're part of their community in some shape or form. Um, and because we're already part of that community, we recognize that when we're looking for validation for a purchase, uh, a big decision, a software solution we're considering, you know, we can use not only that, that creator and that creator's voice, but the whole community. So it's like crowdsourcing it's like we're crowdsourcing ratings and reviews. And so we, we find that especially being able to, in the creator economy, help the brand find that authentic voice and whether that authentic voice is um, a content creator or whether it's a platform like Nacho Nacho, we believe that we can help the, the brands get the, the connection point um, to these really targeted audiences mm -hmm. and they're targeted much like what Mark already said. They've already gone all the, they've gone 70% the way through flying solo. Um, imagine the amount of misinformation they could potentially be getting along the way. Um, mm -hmm. So brands really have to lean into once they've already gone that 70% of the way down, um, they have to really invest in these content creators um, in these platforms so that they are catching that bottom 30%, which is the most important part, right? That's your zero point um, and your point decision point of, of making a purchase. I think too, for my generation, and I'm sure you guys have seen this, I go, my generation is going directly to TikTok to learn how to cook something or to learn or to see a review on a product um, before they even think about going to Google. And it's because we can get, you know, over a hundred reviews and just kind of keep scrolling through and hear <clears throat> what we want to hear. Um, versus Google, you're you're limited to, you know, the good reviews or the bad reviews. You know, I could type in all positive things about seeing a product and why it would work, or I can go to TikTok and type in, you know, why is this product negative? Um, and again, I think my generation is just so accustomed to short form content and our attention span is like this, that if we don't get the answer that we want to see within a few seconds, then we're, we're disinterested. And we know that social platforms and, and influencers can provide that for us pretty much at our fingertips. 
Yeah, that's a great point too, because a lot of people don't trust what marketers say <laughs> and people are used to seeing, you know, reviews and, you know, testimonials and all that. And they say, oh, is it really real? But, you know, following somebody that you have a, you know, a relationship with, uh, even if it's virtually uh, somebody you've been following and building trust with, um, building that digital life with over a period of months or years, even you'll have more trust in what those people say, especially if they're very similar to you, right? Uh, so if they're, you know... It, in the same position as you are at a different company or kind of a like-minded person, you know, you're going to take, you're going to weigh what they have to offer in terms of uh, their, uh, in terms of their recommendations way more than what some marketing flyer is going to convince you to do. <laughs> uh, what else would you say for business owners that aren't, uh, that aren't convinced about influencer marketing yet? Uh, how would you get them on board with this, uh, with this whole train? Is this open-ended? Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that, you know, we saw how difficult it was, at least for TikTok, we saw how difficult it was for businesses to transition over to TikTok. Um, and when I was on the influencer side, I would have companies when I worked at an agency, they'd, you know, they'd come with these briefs that were super um, addy per se, right? Like they, they were hashtag I'll use a Pepsi for a random example. It was hashtag Pepsi, Pepsi this, Pepsi that. And, and consumers just didn't like that. And I think business uh -huh. owners have the opportunity to look at an influencer and their audience and realize that it is a niche market and they really can create a brief that is authentic to that creator um, to fit within their content, especially if that creator does have a community. It's going to call for a very natural integration of that product into the creator's content. Um, and I think influencer marketing is just a game of trial and error. So I think if you know a company can start with they don't have to go directly into just paying a creator. They can start with free gifting or product seeding and really feeling out the creators who genuinely want to work with them and align with the product and see whose audiences are receptive to that. And I would say, I think to piggyback on what Brenna commented on is we are seeing a democratization of the creator economy. Um, brands are using the last two years of trial and error that Brenna referenced, they've been doing that trial and error. And so what they're seeing is like, hey, we actually do know the creators that have the best sell through. We know the creators who have an engaged audience that actually are responsive to what creators are recommending. It's no longer these soft engagement metrics that creators in their media kits could really stand behind of saying, oh, here's all my, you know, here's what my clicks, um, my clicks and my likes are. Now it's, now it's, Brands are requiring that creators, you know, put their money where their mouth is, which is like, great, you've referenced my brand authentically, but did you motivate your audience to purchase something or become a loyal enthusiast of my brand? And I think um, I went to the influencer marketing conference and that was a huge topic of conversation was the past few years have been about brand awareness and now brands are switching over to conversion based campaigns. And the thing is a lot of these creators who haven't been able to create in um, a community with their following are the ones that fall behind because they've already seen their rates drop because they can't convert numbers for brands. And the issue with that is many creators are looking for that next thing. Are they going to, build their own brand? Are they going to pivot into acting or modeling or something because they know that they they don't have the community to convert 
for a brand. Um, and then obviously it's disappointing for the brand. It's disappointing for the creator. But what we're seeing right now is this hybrid model of, okay, you know what, instead of $3,000, we're going to give you $500 flat fee and then a percent, you know, commission, because again, they know that a lot of these creators aren't converting sales if they didn't build that audience. Yeah, that's a great point. There's a lot of affiliate tools out there for them to be able to utilize to monetize uh, any product referrals as well. And, you know, if I'm not mistaken, they could probably carry the brand's product in their store using Tree3, correct? So um, technology platforms like that are open now for influencers to be able to, you know, bring in a product that they're promoting, but promote it in an authentic way. And I'm so glad you brought that up, Brenna, because, you know, a lot of a lot of brands make that mistake. It's probably the most common one I've seen is they want people to talk about uh, talk about them as a very specific way, and it just it's not authentic, and it doesn't work for 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 that influencer to connect with their audience. And the brands obviously don't see the results, and the influencer is actually going to be heard from it as well too because they'll lose that trust with their audience. So you know, it's 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 important to let the creator be creative and let them kind of do their do their thing. If you really trust that they have the audience that you want to reach and they're the influencer that you can trust to work with, let them, you know, let them work their magic and find their own way to tell their, uh, tell your brand story. And that's what makes it more authentic. And that's what will ultimately win the day and lead to conversions. Uh, Mark, any thoughts on that too? Yeah, I was gonna say, I mean, I think people want to buy from people. I think that's what's really mm -hmm. opening this opportunity for influencers is I'd rather hear somebody's story. What is their challenge and how was this particular uh, product or service? I mean, how was it a solution for that? And that resonates with me. I don't want to hear about, I don't want to hear, you know, Pepsi or Ford or Chevrolet or anybody else talk about how wonderful they are and, and all the gadgets they have. I mean, I think that's old school marketing. Uh, in yeah. the real world, it's about me and what's my challenge? What do I want? What do I want to feel? What am I trying to accomplish? And if I think stories, right, there's nothing new, but like learning through stories and being influenced, being influenced through stories, being able to leverage the trust that, that people build, right? I mean, you look at Nike or any of these big brands, they have multiple influencers that represent their brand. Why? Because maybe Michael Jordan, I love him, but I might not like the next person or maybe I don't play tennis. That doesn't resonate with me. But I think it's, it's story. <laughs> it's really kind of the stories is what's influencing the actions that, that companies want. And I think like, you know, the, the younger demographic is, um, you know, every day the younger demographic becomes more of the of the purchasing power, and yeah. so I think businesses, executives, we need to kind of get on board and understand that the the world is shifting underneath of our feet, and we need to kind of get on board with that. Yep. Any other benefits you guys would recommend for influencer marketing that business owners should know about? Yeah. I oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. You're good. Well, I was gonna, you know, I was gonna reference the big bad scary topic of, of security and legislation and, and privacy policies. I mean, the, the big social platforms have threatened for years and they're going to make good and they're going to make good on it, not just the social platforms, but the, the technology companies whom are telling us out loud as advertisers that privacy policies will continue to um, become more pro-consumer. And the brands that have in the past benefited from having data from cookies um, and being able to target their audiences in, in you know, really specific ways, they're no longer going to be able to do that. Um, and it's really important to find that brands 
are aware of, they are aware of this, right? This is, is not a new concept to be in a cookie-less world, but having compliant and first-party data is going to be really critical for these brands. And so solutions like, like us at Tree3, when we've been able to create a, um, a web-based solution outside of the dependency of the social platform, this gives the way for content creators via the brands, via the mouthpiece of a content creator to really target their audiences. Um, we know the demographics that the audience of each content creator is. We know that, you know, are they yogis or are they fly fishermen? Um, so we can provide that data and that insight to a brand, which is really powerful. And the brand is not being burdened by the cost of acquisition of that first party compliant eyeball. Um, the content creator is, right? The content creator becomes the mouthpiece um, on behalf of the brand. So it solves the, the challenges that we're going to see on the privacy side. Um, and it gives the way for, for creators and brands um, to connect to really targeted audiences. It's not my mom and dad playing Candy Crush mm -hmm. and accidentally fat fingering yep. an ad. It's somebody who has followed an influencer on TikTok who wanted to know about an air fryer. And, and then there is a native way for a brand to connect with this audience. Yeah, it's much more powerful. I mean, I, I, as a marketing guy, when I see people wasting advertising and I'm like, why would you spend advertising money on this? <laughs> I am not your audience. <laughs> and this is not the way to get my attention. <laughs> um, any, any other thoughts on that? Anybody? Yeah, I, I just think too, it's influencer marketing. It's such a benefit because you don't have to throw a lot of dollars behind it. Like I said, you can, I think people still fail to recognize the power of micro creators. And I can't tell you the amount of times I might follow, you know, a big macro fitness influencer and I see her program about 10 times and I won't buy it. It could be $15 and I just won't buy it. And it takes me one time to see a micro creator with, five to 10,000 followers post about their fitness program. And I automatically trust, trust them. And I join their, their eight week training program. Right. I don't know what it is. You just think because their following is smaller that they're more authentic. They're, they're loyal. They're going to promote the products that actually mean a lot to them versus these macro level creators that a lot of times they're just promoting because they are getting, um, you know, a fat fee behind it. Um, so yeah. And like I said, you don't, it's not about throwing a lot of money. It's about testing and product seeding or doing an affiliate program or really finding what works for you and then building your strategy based on the results um, that your campaigns are, are providing for you. That's a great point because <clears throat> that's another thing I see too. A lot of people think they just need like a celebrity or somebody on board and they'll blow the whole budget on that. And the problem is a lot of people are competing for these people's attention and, you know, they don't take it seriously. They they just look at you as like a dollar exchange, whereas these micro influencers, you know, might be a lot more, uh, a lot more uh, into your product and actually more willing to work with you. You know, they're, they're the ones looking for the business in the first place. And, you know, wh whatever they do, they're going to put in more effort. It's going to be more authentic. And, you know, they're not going to, they're not going to rip you off like some of these other some of these other macro influencers where it's just more of like a business transaction some of these micro influencers can really you know get behind your brand and actually if they really believe in your product really get behind it and that comes out in the content that they create too and their community will really see that and will really resonate through and that's where you'll get more conversions actually is through that as opposed to like an obvious ad from somebody that you know is just waiting for their cat their their check to cash 
um, I guess, uh, Katina, what would you recommend for businesses to structure an influencer marketing campaign that would be uh, successful? What are the steps, I guess, you would you would uh, recommend they go through? Yeah, for sure. Um, likely they have an established budget. Um, so helping them understand how to um, bifurcate that existing budget. We would encourage them to partner with Tree 3 creators that already are, are showing sell-through. And that, that sell-through helps us be a good partner to the brand because we can say, hey, look, based off of your performance campaigns, here are the, here are the creators that we recommend. Um, we equally have the opportunity to support brands and out, even outside of Tree 3 is where do you find the ability to boost content um, and that that partnership, the content creator finds um, a benefit to you, the brand as well, find a benefit to. Um, and then lastly is what are your what are your um, success metrics? I mean, Brenna hit it a few minutes ago when we were talking about, you know, performance based campaigns for creators that are micros that may likely not have a talent representative or a, a talent manager. Um, we need to be really good. Our brands need to be really good educators um, to teach these micro creators how to look at their own data and their own performance impact so that they can negotiate on their own, right? So that they can have the, the, the ability to negotiate with these brands um, for more fair um, fair fees. And Brenna kind of called out the fact that, you know, flat fees versus um, commission and sell through this platforms like tree three, give, give creators the ability to do that. A brand likely already has that just to kind of recap, they likely already have a set budget. Um, so I think if you can work as a, as a partner to these brands and show them what the ROI is or the return on advertising spend is per, per campaign and per creator, um, it really helps a brand see, um, their ROI. Yeah, that's a great point. I also like the <clears throat> deal structure you proposed too. I've seen a lot more smaller upfront fees. So there's kind of a win for the creator, no matter what happens, uh, at least they get something right. And then there's that backside commission bonus, which there's a lot of affiliate tools out there now where it's easy to track and monetize any, any sales that they potentially refer. Um, so that kind of makes it a win-win for both parties. But um, I, I've seen a lot more deals structured that way as opposed to a large upfront fee where, you know, you pay the influencer and you don't even know what kind of content might end up coming out of it. Um, and maybe it doesn't convert, right? Maybe they bought all their followers. Um, but to your point, if you're using data in advance and through the entire process working with influencers, you can A, ensure you're working with the right influencers that have that audience that you're looking to at, attract uh, that have good engagement with them, and then to have a good history, uh, being able to convert that audience and make, uh, you know, generate revenue for your brand, which is what it's all about at the end of the day. Um, Brenda, what other tips would you recommend for a business to attract the right type of influencers? Say you get a program started, you know, and you're open for business. How do you, how do you find these influencers and get them engaged with your program? Yeah, I think it's really important to look for the creators that are already organically posting about your product because they're going to be your number one fans um, versus trying to find a creator and convince them that your product is better than another product. So for example, on our software, you're able to go in and let's say I'm Sephora and I want to know who's organically posting about Sephora because I'm running a campaign. I can, you know, plug that into the platform and see all the creators organically posting about Sephora. Now my competitor is obviously Ulta 
And now I want to go in and look at all the creators organically posting about Ulta. As Sephora, I want to go with the ones organically posting about Sephora and not my competitor. So I think that's really important is to, and you can do this software through a For You page, look at the people who are are organically talking about you because I guarantee, you know, nine out of 10 times their comments are going to be, where's that product from? I love that lip color. And the comments are going to speak for themselves Mm -hmm. um, versus again, being on the other side of it, getting a product and trying to convince a creator to make a video off of something that they're not passionate about is really difficult. And it tends to show in that video that they really don't care about the product. And it's kind of a force for them um, to promote that product. And I think you can tell which videos feel like an ad versus what doesn't. And I think that's where um, consumers nowadays, when they watch these videos, you can tell that some of them are starting to get pretty angry with creators for taking a brand deal just because it, it seems like an ad. They're like, oh, I got this cup from Target with the most <laughs> robot voice. And, and it's just not what people want to hear. Um, so I'd say just look for the creators that really are, are organically posting about you is a great start. That's a great point. Uh, Katina, do you have any thoughts on that as well? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the other part, point that Brenna uh, tackled just now is that, that creators did already did the hard work of of attracting a trusted community and so ensuring that the brand recognizes and is putting together performance campaigns um, that are that are achievable and doable and that's where i feel like those of us who have a direct connection point to creators especially the micros should be the ones that step in and help support them um, in negotiating these contracts. If you're not represented, um, the ability to, to partner with an affable or with a, a tree three so that you can arm yourself as a content creator for what your deal structure should look like um, and have reasonable goals to be able to point back to. Um, I think that that would just be a, a hint I would want to encourage content creators to take. Now, that is only as good as the work that they put into knowing their own influence, right? It is, they have to have the investment in time to use a affiliate program like Tree 3 or LTK or Amazon. They need to know what their sell-through is um, to be able to say with quantifiable fact that this is what their monetization is um, and how it, how it impacts the brands they want to work with. That's a great point. And uh, Mark, I guess a question for you as well. Um, so building, a, I, I consider you a B2B influencer. <laughs> so uh, Mark's very, uh, very influential in the business space. He's building a, an amazing partner network and the amount of you know connections I've seen be- between him and his uh, partners and everybody that works within his ecosystem is, you know, one of the, it, it's, it's one of the top, uh, top people I've seen for like engagement on LinkedIn. Um, what would you say, Mark, as, as a uh, for building, uh, building yourself as an influencer, I guess, like um, building your own partnernomics, like tell us more about your, your journey there and how you see building partnerships as a part of uh, your, your, uh, your career. Well, it's cool to participate in this conversation because so much of this parallels over. Um, one of the things that, that we share and teach even on the B2B side is um, the use of trust, the use of, of influence but it's not necessarily to get an organization to buy a product. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we're influencing a, a company or a company's leadership 
to partner with us. Yeah. We're recruiting partners, but we're using influence. We're using trust. We're using a lot of these same uh, topics that we're covering here in order to make that happen. But there's so many parallels with it. Um, I've kind of heard uh, like alignment, or at least that's the word that's jumping into my head so much as, you know, as I'm listening to this discussion, um, you know, what, what we look for, and, you know, there's this concept or this term out there that we've all probably heard becoming more and more important, but that is like partner-led growth. Yeah. How can we leverage our partners to pull us along? And, and that's really just understanding, well, again, paralleling from this conversation, but looking at the networks, the level of influence, those areas of influence, because that's kind of like the, the influence equity, the influence capital. And we want to be leveraging those companies and those thought leaders and those brands to pull us along, whether we're selling a, a complementary solution, like co-selling, we're selling this, this complementary solution with them, or if we're just wanting to get a foot in the door to, to have a conversation or to set our brand uh, next to another company, um, we're leveraging a lot of that, you know, a lot of those those same things. But just mm -hmm. understanding the sphere of influence and where those organizations play, the products, the strategies that they're after, uh, I just kind of envision these Venn diagrams. The more overlap you have, the less energy you're going to put into uh, you know accomplishing your goals, whatever that is, whether it's recruiting new partners or selling your solution or speeding uh, you know your your sales cycles to to get the revenue faster. And one thing we say over at Nacho Nachos, you know, we're, um, yeah, we're, we're always, uh, you know, looking to be everywhere all the time, right? And so we get a lot of that with a lot of the content marketing campaigns that we do with our partners. So, you know, we're not specifically selling anything here today, for instance, but, you know, like these type of webinars is kind of a great example of influencer marketing, if you will. You know, we get a bunch of great people like you here and in, into a webinar and uh, we create a lot of great content from it because you guys are experts in your, your domain. And so from that, we're able to get you know a lot of great sound bites that are really helpful uh, for other business owners out there and uh, founders to be able to set up their influencer marketing campaigns or you know build their partnership programs. Mark and you know by by doing these webinars, we're creating a lot of content that you know gets out there on YouTube. Uh, we're actually getting into TikTok now. We actually uh, just started a campaign there. It's crazy the amount of views you can get on that platform. The engagements out of this out of this world. Um, but from this, you know, these partner-led growth campaigns that we're doing right here, actually, we're not really selling anything. We're just, you know, creating, you know, sharing ideas. And this, these ideas kind of spread and they get out there and, you know, therefore, you know, increasing the exposure for our brands. And that's something that B2B companies can do, too, from an influencer marketing standpoint, if you will, just, you know, work with your partners on stuff, whether it's, you know, creating blog content together, um, doing these type of webinars, you know, you're, you're kind of cross pollinating each other's audiences and, you know, uh, a rising tide raises all boats kind of an approach. And that's kind of, that's been at the core of our marketing ethos at Nacho Nachos to do these types of things. So we, you know, promote all of our businesses and we all kind of grow together. So it doesn't have to just be selling a consumer product, right? So that for anybody out there, that's a business uh, looking to grow their B2B brand, uh, that's one way to do it as well too. I um, think, so, oh, good. Oh, I was going to say, Andy, I think it's a great, um, you respond very much to um, how this creator economy has made itself. Um, we find that when we interact with content creators, they very much believe in the ethos of all, all of us benefit together. They, they are thirsty. They're thirsty for a community themselves. They're solopreneurs. 
and being a solopreneur is is hard. It's hard. And they have a day job most of the time, right? I mean, it's like, imagine doing this solo and getting, um, you know, having a community around. So Nacho yeah. Nacho definitely leans into that. And, you know, I think the more that we can support um, brands as they're understanding the creator economy, the content creators as they're um, living and breathing it. And then Mark, to your point, and to, and to Brenna at Affable, you know, having the tools that all of this ecosystem can use together, I think is really, really powerful. Yeah, and I think the tools really make a big difference these days because, <clears throat> I mean, I was in the, I told Mark this story, <laughs> I was in the influencer space in early like 2011, you know, and I got laughed at at like VC events. Um, people are like, people aren't going to be shows for brands. Well, you know, that is kind of correct because people don't want to buy from somebody that's doing an obvious ad, but influencer marketing is so pervasive today. But what enables it to be particularly effective today is all the great tools that are available. Um, a, to manage your influencer campaigns, two, to identify the best ones, and then three, to manage and, and understand what the, uh, you know, what the campaign results are, are and if it's effective or not. Um, I guess, so for any influencers watching, I guess, what are some, some of the best ways that they can attract brands to want to work with them and be able to monetize their audience without turning them off? I, I think Brenna hit it perfectly, which is like, if you are a content creator, um, you have a niche audience, care and tender for it, um, to be authentic about the brands that you've already um, found in your life are important to you. Reach out to them, find a way to, to be able to show your impact. Brands respond to performance. They respond to performance. So if you are able to, in a media kit, show them here is not only what my engagement metrics are, but here's what my sell-through is, um, and point to the content that drove that in particular skew sell-through, um, you're going to get lucrative brand deals and collabs that will allow you to be really successful as a content creator. I think so. Um, I think to add on that, as a creator and something just talking to different brands about is Again, I'll choose Sephora. Sephora as an example. If you're a creator and you want to pitch Sephora, don't just pitch Sephora without having ever created something about Sephora, mm -hmm. posted a story if they gifted you. A lot of brands look for the people that have posted about them or talked about them. Um, and a lot of creators expect for brands just to say yes to working with them mm -hmm. and giving them $5,000 or $10,000 without having ever posted the, the product gifting that the brand had sent them. And that's something that brands really look at is, you know, who again goes back to who's organically talking about them or, or just showing some love. Um, and yeah, a lot of creators, I think, tend to miss the mark on that because they don't want to work for free. And I'm not saying they should work for free, but I, I do think there is value in creating some type of content with a product that was gifted to you and just finding a way to integrate it. So you yourself have leverage when pitching to a brand. Yeah. And that's a great point too. You can kind of have a pitch if you will, like, Hey, you know, what if we did something like this, right? You come with the creative ideas um, if you're going to be pitching a brand, don't just say, hey, I'll post about you. <laughs> say, hey, have you ever thought about doing this? Or what if we did this uh, this sort of skit or video on TikTok? Um, give them some ideas and let them imagine. Even better if you do like a little sample for it. And I've seen that before too. That just converts really well for influencers and it shows the authenticity. Uh, but you're, to your point, I mean, that's exactly what brands look for. They want to work with people that 
know, really resonate with their, with their company and uh, don't come across as just another advertisement out there. Um, and, and to your point too, Katina, having a media kit is so underrated. Um, so, you know, I've worked with a lot of influencers over the years and the ones that have a media kit that really looks professional and buttoned up that clearly gives you like a one pager on like what their metrics are and, you know, rates and everything allows, you know, you as a brand and a decision maker to be able to make a decision to work with them or not. The ones that just don't have that together really, you know, usually don't get deals just because the brands aren't going to put in a lot of effort themselves too, right? If they have to try to figure out if you're worth working with or not. So it's good to have a very professional kit put together. Yeah. And I think it's, I mean, it's a, it's a one page um, resume, right? If you can prove your, if you make it easier for the brand to, to make the cognitive connection about what kind of audience you have, not just who you are as a content creator, but this is what my audience is about. My audience is yogis. They work out five days a week. They love supplements, right? It, it's the more you can be a, a master and owner of your audience and what they are about, then you know, you, you can be the business owner that says, I know that these are the right brands for me to align with because my audience responds. So it's, you know, it's a very, it's a, you know, it's a targeted way to look at yourself as a, as the thing that influences and, and come to the table um, with those, what I was calling hard and quantifiable metrics. Um, it's as much as what you are able to produce uh, with your influence as much as you know about your audience. I love what Katina is saying there, at least from a, from a B2B space. Um it's like this for every business, right? The, the decision maker on the other side that you're trying to sell to, it's a business decision for them. Yeah. So be ready, be prepared to, to share the numbers, share the vision, share the plan. Um, go to us with, you know, go to them with something in mind, uh, not just kind of a half-baked idea. Go in professional and know that it's a return on investment. It's yeah. a customer acquisition cost equation for them. And be ready to have that conversation. Be prepared. Definitely. And, and if, uh, you know, if it, some creators are very artistic, but they're not as good with the, you know, sometimes the details, which is totally fine, right? There's the left brain thinking people on the right brain thinking people. So, you know, if you, if you do struggle with that, you know, trying to figure out how to put your business plan together and have that, you know, have that, you know, the business sense to put together a, that one pager and uh, heck, you might not even be comfortable negotiating on your behalf. That That's another very common one too. Now, in that case, you know, sometimes it's good to work with an agent that can, you know, be the, you could be the good cop, they can be the bad cop and, you know, they can come up with the, the branded marketing materials and all those things you might need to promote how great you are as an influencer and, you know, demonstrate what those metrics and, and that business value proposition is. Um, so don't be afraid to work with an agent if, if you don't feel comfortable with that and just, you know, focus on what you're really good at too, right? If you're re really artistic, um, you know, sometimes you just want to spend twice as much time on just doubling down on your artistic nature as opposed to trying to figure out those new skills if, if, um, if, if we're not good at them in the first place. So cool. Uh, what other tech trends do you guys see for the creator economy today? And how do you think AI will play into all this, of course, uh, which is the big buzzword today? I can start since we're an AI company. Um, so Tree3 uses artificial intelligence uh, to power our universal cart. So we see and have doubled down for the last eight years on the value in having a concierge shopping service. So our robotic process automation 
um, is AI. We, we have been training and, and um, sculpting this robotic process automation for um, the better part of the last eight years so that we can best interact um, with these brands and retailers and make it seamless for the shopper. So being able to check out from multiple retailers um, with one single check or click um, is a game changer. It helps, not only it solves the, the dreaded redirect, um, but the amount of abandonment rate that is seen by the influencer who did the hard work of influencing you as a consumer to go buy a product the moment you get redirected from TikTok, from the influencers page, what have you, um, it's over a 90% abandonment rate. So mm -hmm. the brand benefits, right? Because you landed on the brand's um, website to learn more about that air fryer. Um, having the ability to bring your audience to a place in that one place, be your own storefront um, really helps drive and solve for the, the abandonment rate and the, and the redirect. But AI is, you know, not only is it making shopping easier, it allows us to have better fits, right? We can use the, the, the benefit of artificial intelligence to have sizing done better. We're reducing um, the rate of returns, which in, especially in fast fashion um, and even marketplaces like Tree3, you know, lean into this, unfortunately, is that we make it really easy to buy stuff. And when you make it really easy to buy stuff, you inherently increase the return rates. Um, so having the ability to use AI for better sizing, uh, better information about what that product will or won't do for you um, will really help reduce um, some of the landfill and kind of return rate challenges within the fast fashion. That's a great point. Uh, Brenna, I know your company is affable.ai. So. <laughs> Okay. I think on you know, on our end, we're really we're really looking to help brands expedite the influencer marketing process in a streamlined manner. Um, that's that's cost effective and very time effective. And with that, traditional softwares um, they utilize filters where brands can go in, search through different demographics or different. Um, niches and whatnot, right? So we have 20 plus filters that brands can go in and um, do that manually. But I think, you know, where we're coming in truly, you know, in our next level of, of utilizing AI is our newest feature, Sky, where we partnered with Google Cloud to come out with Sky and really help brands find creators within seconds rather than even minutes, just utilizing manual filters really within seconds. And within Sky, we have our magic search feature where you can type in, I want influencers based in Austin, Texas with 10K plus followers, right? And then from there, you can have a conversational chat feature where you can really keep dwindling down what you're looking for and getting pretty nitpicky. Um, we have the option to upload an image or a mood board where the AI is going to analyze the content of the image. And if you have a image of someone doing yoga, it's going to pull up all the yoga instructors. It won't pull up people weightlifting and whatnot. Um, mm -hmm. And then as well as the lookalike recommendation feature where let's say, I see Katina as an influencer and I, and I love her content. We have that lookalike recommendation feature where I can click on similar influencers to her and then all the influencers, you know, similar to Katina are going to pull up. So I think that there's so many ways we're seeing AI um, 
really filter into these different softwares, whether it's, it's tree three or it's affable, or it's, there's so many different companies, there's different brand marketplaces utilizing AI. Um, and it's only going to continue to continue to grow and really, like I said, just expedite this influencer marketing process. So brands aren't sitting there on their for you page or utilizing spreadsheets and honestly just wasting um, hours that they could be running these campaigns and seeing results so that they can figure out what's working and what's not. That's, influencer marketing has never been easier. <laughs> uh, Mark, what are your thoughts on it? You talk to a lot of business leaders and influencers. What do you see out there and what are you hearing about uh, AI and how it's going to affect everything? Yeah, well, certainly on the on the B2B side, it's it's fascinating. I think the B2B side has some catching up to do. Uh, always on the consumers. Yeah, yeah it always, always has to catch up to consumers. Consumers are always chasing them. Yeah, they're always uh, further down the road. But, uh, you know, it, it all comes down to data and, and having the data and then being able to analyze that, evaluate. And, and really, it's about probabilities that we're creating. This is this is the area that I geek out in, in econometrics, my education background. So I'm super excited about where it's going to go. But I think technically, one of the biggest hurdles we have today is getting different software solutions and different platforms to share information so we can have a more holistic uh, picture and journey of, of what clients need uh, to have the big easy button. Right now, we're still very siloed. Uh, speaking from a software and a technology perspective, um, AI is still pretty siloed uh, whenever you're looking at the hundreds and hundreds of software solutions just in the partnering space. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. Integration's key and you know, AI's, you know, mostly useless without good data. <laughs> so. It's totally useless without good data. <laughs> that's a great point. Um, what other trends do you guys see for the next couple of years? I mean, what should we look out for in influencer marketing aside from AI? Do you see anything else coming down the road? I think um I kind of touched on it earlier. We're going to see a lot of these conversion-based campaigns and we're going to see a lot of creator-led brands pop up, especially the ones that have that loyal audience. They're going to be able to um, promote their own brand. I know Noah Beck, if you guys you know know who that is and, and the audience knows, he was a really big Gen Z influencer in, in 2020 and he's kind of turned mainstream celebrity and, and he used to model for Calvin Klein for free. And so mm -hmm. instead of, you know, doing that and not being paid, Calvin Klein was getting all this publicity. He came out with his own, um, undergarment brand and that's what he's promoting for free. And I think we're really going to start to see a lot of, like I said, these creator led brands, like truly, um, take off in the next couple of years. That's a great point. Uh, what, what are your thoughts, Mark or Katina? Yeah, I, mean, I was just thinking like uh, the independent music. I love music and the independent music space. I, mean, I think now with the proliferation of these different technologies, networks, mm -hmm. um, people have the ability to kind of go direct and get discovered now faster than what we ever could before. So a lot of times, I mean, people, creators don't need to leverage these billion dollar companies to, to get noticed. That's a great. And point. Uh, so I'm super excited to see where it continues to go. Yeah, I, I will echo that, Mark. I think that we're, we will see not only what Bretta was saying on creator-led brands, but um, direct-to-consumer brands that have can now get, release themselves of the handcuffs of needing to go and partner with wholesalers or big retailers. Um, so having a direct-to-consumer play right now is is easier than it ever has been. And, and I think we'll see the use of content creators um, Partnering with these direct-to-consumer brands is going to be a, a, a trend that we'll see. We're already seeing it, but I think it'll continue to grow. 
That's great. Well, really appreciate you guys coming on today. Um, you know, I'd love to give you guys the floor to kind of uh, introduce your product, reintroduce your products again, and, you know, kind of tell people the next steps for where they can go check you guys out. And, um, you know, I'm sure that we're uh, raising all raising the uh, tide here for everyone. So, <laughs> uh, Mark, go ahead. Yeah. So, uh, Mark Brigman, Partnernomics, uh, love to have you come in. We, we're actually offering a promotion now where people can come in and take uh, our first course, Parting Foundations Free, partnernomics.com forward slash free. Uh, jump on there. We actually have a, a community um, itself as a collaboration platform, but I'd love to connect with you and see what we can do to uh, help you better leverage the power of partnerships. Brenna? Sorry, I was on mute. Um, yep, I'm Brenna. I'm the community manager at Affable AI, an end-to-end influence marketing software where we help brands um, to search for, manage, and measure their influencer marketing campaigns. Um, you can find more out about us at affableai.com. You can connect with me on LinkedIn. I also run webinars monthly. I'm always looking for people um, to um, co-host these webinars with, as well as we do a lot of in-person events. So, you know, let me know what city you're in and, and see if we can connect there as well. And then we also um, would love to give any demos as well as free trials to anyone looking who wants to, who is looking um, into using an influencer marketing software. And I'm Katina, CEO at Tree3. We are an e-commerce platform for content creators. So we offer for free um, content creators to have their own storefront. Um, we answer the, the coveted question of how do I get that, that quantifiable um, performance metrics um, around sell-through. So these storefronts, um, we have brands, over 200 brands, over a million SKUs. Um, so there's something for everyone. Um, we'd love to, to engage with you as a creator. Again, this gives you as the creator a free way to be able to um, point your audience to um, affiliates and products that you're um, really passionate about. So excited to be here. Thank you, Andy and Nacho Nacho for bringing us all together. Um, and I agree, all, all of us rise when the tide rises. <laughs> That's great. Now, I really appreciate it, guys. And uh, thanks, everyone, for joining again today. Uh, Nacho Nacho is the best place to buy SaaS. Um, if you want, uh, uh, contact us to learn more about these great companies or connect directly with them. Um, you know, fantastic products and services provided by Mark here. Uh, once again, everyone, thanks for joining us for another Nacho Tuesday. And uh, have a great rest of the week, everyone. Thanks, Andy. Thank you. Have a good one. Thanks, Katina. Bye, but it's great, uh, great meeting you, ladies.